Welcome back to Bootability. We're on break from new interviews, but excited to continue our special Q&A mini-series with you in the meantime. Each week, we're answering one question that a listener asks about any aspect of Buddhist practice or how to apply Buddhism to daily life. I'm your host, Jihee Jolly. Here's today's question. What does Buddhism say about dealing with grief? We got a few questions about this topic, which is something that at some point in our lives, all of us have to deal with. But here are two. In the first, someone said, I've recently had a few folks die and I'm trying to give myself space to have this new emotional experience, but also be strong, move forward, help others and be happy. And in the second, someone says, what does Buddhism teach about grieving sudden death and the trauma that comes with it? So let's start with understanding the Buddhist view of life and death. Buddhist teacher Jose Toda often said, the ultimate problem that Buddhism must resolve is the problem of death. His disciple Daisaku Ikeda explains, instead of abhorring death, Mahayana Buddhism directly confronts it and correctly positions it within the larger context of life. This is also clearly explained in Nichiren Daishonin's teachings through such principles as the originally inherent nature of birth and death and the oneness of life and death. In fact, Buddhism's very origin came from the process of the historical Buddha Shakyamuni or Siddhartha seeking to answer the question, why are we born into this world and why do we undergo the four sufferings of birth, aging, sickness, and death? In a sense, enlightenment can be defined as having an answer to these very questions. So let's start with one of the most important Buddhist concepts. Life is eternal. Buddhism teaches that death is a phase of life rather than the end of life. This is very different from the two most common ways of looking at death, that either everything ends with death or that there's an immortal soul that separates from our body and lives on forever. In contrast, Buddhism teaches that death is a dormant phase of life, just as birth is the phase when life becomes active and manifests again in the physical world. As Ikeda describes, each individual life can be likened to a wave in the ocean. When a wave rises from the ocean, that is life, and when it merges back into the ocean, that is death. This process continues eternally, without beginning or end. In a sense, when we pass away, our life merges with the universe. Then we enter the phase of birth and we are manifested again. This means that when we develop the life state of Buddhahood in this lifetime, bringing out our courage, wisdom, and compassion through chanting nam myoho renge kyo then it will remain our life state in all future existences. Still, just because Buddhists believe in the oneness of life and death, doesn't mean we don't grieve when a loved one passes away. As human beings, losing a close friend or a family member is a deeply painful experience. But because their life lives on in the universe, when we chant nam myoho renge kyo for their eternal happiness, even after their passing, it will definitely reach them. 
Furthermore, our own growth and fulfillment can bring happiness and fortune to the lives of all those loved ones who supported us when they were alive, because our lives are deeply interconnected. Consider these words, written by the 13th century Buddhist reformer Nichiren Daishonin, in a letter of encouragement to his disciple who was widowed at a young age. He wrote, Since your deceased husband was a votary of this Lotus Sutra, he doubtless attained Buddhahood just as he was. You need not grieve so much over his passing. On the other hand, to grieve is only natural for ordinary people. Could the lamenting of all the great enlightened disciples of Shakyamuni Buddha at his passing have been meant to show the behavior of ordinary people? You should by all means perform as much good as you possibly can by offering prayers for the sake of your deceased husband. Of this writing, Ikeda elaborates, Though we may have an intellectual grasp of the Buddhist concept of birth and death and the meaning of life, when actually faced with our own imminent death or the death of a loved one, we cannot help but be deeply shaken and feel grief and sorrow. Nevertheless, the Daishonin reminds us to continue chanting nam myoho kyo as much as we possibly can, that is, to transform our grief into prayers for the eternal happiness of the deceased. He continues, You may lose a loved one who has not practiced Nichiren Buddhism themselves. But as long as we, their family members or friends who do practice, continue to chant for them, there is nothing to worry about. We pass on to them the benefits we have accumulated through our Buddhist practice. This is the true meaning of offering prayers for the deceased in Nichiren Buddhism. Now, to return to the questions asked, I hope that that context helps you know that there is indeed action we can take for the sake of our loved ones, even if they are no longer with us, based on the concepts of the eternity and interconnectedness of life. However, intellectually understanding this aside, nothing can soothe the real pain we feel from losing those we love, and if it happens suddenly, it can be even more excruciating. For this reason, working through feelings and emotions are part of the journey to overcoming our sorrow and grief and to learning to feel whole again. Similar to the question asked in the last episode, processing our emotions and being honest about them when we chant is extremely important. Similarly, seeking support from the people around us to help us navigate our situation and emotions can also be helpful and important in the process of grieving. And if you're in a position of supporting someone experiencing grief, Chanting for that person's happiness and bringing out the wisdom on how to be a good friend is important too. In many of his letters to grieving disciples, Ikeda points out that Nichiren's compassion and empathy was tremendous. He writes, While he grieved alongside and empathized with them, Nichiren reassured the Nanjo family that their deceased loved ones had without doubt attained Buddhahood. For example, in the same letter that Nichiren wrote to the widow and her son, he first deeply acknowledged her grief before encouraging her on how to take action, saying, If all of you nurture the same seeds of Myoho Renge Kyo in your hearts, then you will all be reborn together in the same land of Myoho Renge Kyo. When the three of you are reunited there face to face, how great your joy will be. In practical terms, nurturing the seeds of Myoho Renge Kyo 
means chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo to build a wonderful life where we can create a great impact on the world. Such a life not only ensures that we will pass away with no fear or regrets, but it also creates the deepest fortune and benefit for our loved ones throughout eternity. Rather than feeling that death means cutting all ties with the deceased, the bonds we share with family and friends are eternal and indestructible in both life and death, whether or not they practice Buddhism themselves. On this, Ikeda writes, Even if only one family member practices Nichiren Buddhism, the power of the mystic law is such that their benefit will permeate the lives of all their deceased family members and relatives. And if you're wondering exactly how to chant for your loved ones, a simple way, especially while grieving, is to engage in an inner dialogue with them. Ikeda explains, When we chant to the Gohonzon, we can engage in an inner dialogue. Our chanting functions like radio waves, connecting our lives with those of our deceased loved ones, dedicating ourselves to Kosen Rufu, living out our lives to the fullest, and becoming as happy as we can for the sake of our departed loved ones and friends, this is the best possible way to honor their memory. When we continue on the path of faith without retreating, we can transform all of our suffering into greater meaning. But for those who are currently in the depths of grief and feeling like the path to happiness is a little too far away, I'll leave you with this vision, in Ikeda's words, that might be your first step forward. He writes, Though the sadness of loss may linger, there will be no sense of loneliness. Tears of sorrow will eventually turn into fresh commitment. Surviving family, loved ones, and friends of the deceased will be able to look to the future with optimism. Family of the deceased, in particular, will gain the courage and energy to live to the fullest, not only for themselves but for the deceased, striving not as mere survivors but as successors who share and carry on the deceased's aspirations. I hope that helps for today. And remember, no matter where you are in your journey, take your time and continue chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. We've linked the resources mentioned in the show notes. As a reminder, if you'd like to submit a question for the series, just email us at connect at sgi-usa.org. And yes, this is the same email address as usual, so if you'd like to get connected to your local Buddhist community, you can reach us at the same place. That's all for today, and we'll be back next week with another Q&A.